In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, and they told him in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, 
frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The story is so familiar, it's so beautiful, it is powerful and profound, it is timeless. A, a newborn baby, new parents far from home, shepherds, angels, wise men, gifts, a savior, a king, the Lord. The story echoes across the centuries, but why does it remain so powerful? Why do we celebrate and give gifts today, 2,000 years later? What does this story mean for us in 2019? Does it matter, or is it just a fine old story, rich with tradition? Let me assure you, it matters. It matters because of who that baby was lying in that manger. Let me read one more telling of the events of that night that took place so long ago, this time from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This Christmas Eve, as visions of well, whatever it is that's dancing in your heads right now. I want to proclaim the truth behind this story's power. God came at Christmas. He's here now. He will return. The deepest and most profound beauty of the Christmas story is that God became one of us at Christmas. This is what John is explaining. This mysterious word is the eternal God of this universe. In the beginning was the word. Before there was anything, before space and time existed, there was the word, which in Greek is called the logos. Active in every part of creating the galaxies and the stars and the planets and the animals and the plants and the people, the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. This word that is God is from all eternity, all of forever. He created light from darkness and life from nothing. And his light is for all mankind, and it is greater than all of the darkness of this dark world that surrounds us. 
In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then something extraordinary happened. Something utterly unlike anything that had ever happened before or has ever happened since. It happened that first Christmas, the Word became flesh. The Word who is God and who was with God from all eternity became a flesh and blood human being. The eternal Word, the Son of God, entered our world and we have seen His glory. The glory as of the only Son from the Father. Consider this, the all-powerful God of the universe humbled Himself to become one of us at Christmas. He stepped down and became flesh. A human being like you or I, not an illusion or a shapeshifter or an avatar, a human being. And specifically, a baby. Wrapped up and lying in an animal's food trough in a humble town in ancient Israel, the Son of God became a baby, a human boy, though he was most certainly still God as well. The Lord of the universe stooped down into our world and learned what it was to be hungry and thirsty, tired, hot, cold, helpless, abandoned. The mysterious word is Jesus. That's who was lying in that manger. John's Gospel confirms that over the next couple of verses, that Jesus, the Son of God, fully God and fully human, stepped into our world at Christmas. God became one of us at Christmas. God Himself took up residence with us despite all of our foolishness and messiness that night. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word that is translated as dwelt, it is literally describing the pitching of a tent. God pitched His tent with us that night. And for those familiar with God's ancient, with Israel's ancient history with God and, and His relationship with them, this is a phrase that is rich with significance because God had once before literally pitched His tent with Israel for hundreds of years. His glory and presence used to appear in Israel and, and travel with the nation and guide them and protect them. And it was focused on an elaborate tent known as the tabernacle. But that was hundreds of years before this. And by that first Christmas, the people felt alone and abandoned by God. And you might be sitting here tonight feeling exactly the same way. And that's where the good news of Christmas comes in. Because suddenly at Christmas, God's visible presence was back in the world, but not as some massive cloud shrouded in mystery and accessible to just a few. Not as a mighty pillar of fire out in the desert, but as a baby. Visible, reachable by by anyone who could get there of any race or nation or ethnicity or religious status. That was the beauty of the visit of those, those wise men from the Far East. Let us marvel at this baby lying in the manger who is praised by angels, visited by shepherds, and worshipped by wise men. He is Savior, Christ, 
Lord, King, Word, God in flesh. No wonder there was such celebration, but why is Christmas still so powerful, even in today's ultra-modern American life? Because Christ remains, and He offers grace and truth every day. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I want to assure you that Jesus, that baby in the manger, long since grown up, raised up, executed, buried, and risen from the dead, still offers grace and truth tonight. Because he did grow up. God and man. Good and wise. Holy and brilliant. Unconventional. Disruptive. Powerful. Miraculous. Polarizing. Loved. Hated. Rejected. Indeed, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Jesus would grow up and be betrayed. He would suffer. He would die. But this was not some ugly, unfortunate, or unexpected ending to an otherwise happy story that began at Christmas. It is the very reason He was born that Christmas night. It is why God became one of us. To die for us. So that He could rise from the dead for us. And He did. He rose from the dead, and because He rose, He lives forever and continues to work powerfully in our world, even tonight, in 2019, in Lake Ridge, Virginia. He rose from the dead and He offers grace because He is full of grace. And we should understand that grace is not what we typically think grace is today. It's not about being athletic or agile. Grace is about a gift. Grace is a gift that we do not deserve and can't buy and can't earn and where it doesn't matter whether we are on the naughty list or the nice list because we cannot earn that gift. And Jesus offers gifts like this to everyone who believes in Him. What are His gifts of grace? What does Jesus offer us because He is here this night? He offers us forgiveness. We all have things in our lives that need to be forgiven. We have all done things that were wrong, that were selfish, that were cruel or hurtful or spiteful. We all need forgiveness, and if we ask in faith, God forgives everything. Everything. This is a gift that Jesus paid for when he died on a cross. He offers the gift of love, perfect, endless, unselfish, sacrificial love, love that is not based on anything this world has twisted and distorted love, to look like He does not love us for our looks or our abilities or our actions or our accomplishments or what we can do for Him. He loves us because that is who He is. That is why He pitched His tent with us that Christmas. He offers us wholeness. We live in a desperately broken 
world, and we each have profoundly broken and empty places within our hearts and within our souls and within our minds and within our bodies, don't we? And he offers to heal our brokenness in deep and profound ways that we cannot imagine as even being possible. He offers us the gift of peace with God. Now, many of us give little thought to God in our daily lives. Others are angry with God. Still others don't really care what God thinks because we'd rather do what we really just want to do in the first place. But what if you knew that real peace was possible with the God of the universe? That you could have a rich friendship with Him? And Jesus offers that every day. Jesus offers strength and transformation and renewal and rest. And who does not need some of that as we pause to catch our breath here on December 24th, 2019, at the end of another sprint from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And Jesus offers truth because he is full of truth, right? Not hype, not spin, not flattery, not fake truth, not truth light, true truth, real truth, the kind of truth that we have probably begun to doubt even exists in this world. He is truth, and he offers the unchanging, rock-solid truth of God. He offers to be an anchor for us in our speeding, spinning, uncertain life that is full of lies and nonsense. Jesus offers us the gift of a place in God's family. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And I don't know what your family situation is tonight. But I want you to know that God made you to be in a perfect, wonderful relationship with him. To be part of his family. He made you to have a perfect father in him and a perfect brother in Jesus, no matter what your earthly family situation may look like. He made us to be in his family, but we have broken that through the selfishness and cruelty and self-centeredness I mentioned earlier. Right? These things are called sin, and they separate us from God. Because he is so pure, so good, so holy, that he cannot permit sin into his family. And so Jesus came at Christmas to live a life that leads to the cross to restore that relationship. That is why God, the Word, the Son, became flesh that night. Jesus became a boy, a man, in order to sacrifice himself on a cross. Dying is a sacrifice so that we might become children of God when we believe in Him. When we believe in Jesus and turn away from our sin, our past, our guilt, our shame, and our mistakes, and we embrace Him as Lord and Savior, God adopts us and embraces us as His children and wipes our slates clean. And we are the children we were made to be. At that moment, we are born anew as children of God. I think we know that this world is a lonely and isolating place, that human families are not always what they're supposed to be, but through Jesus, we have a perfect family with God.
We are lovingly embraced by Him as our Father in Heaven, and that is a family that can never be broken by any of the brokenness that separates us from our loved ones in this life. When we believe Jesus remains with us forever, we are united with Him closer than the closest human relationship. His Holy Spirit lives within us, and by His Spirit, Jesus is present with us every day, the good days and the bad days, the busy days and the lonely days, the happy days and the sad days. He is with us, filling us with that grace and truth that He is full of. That grace and truth we absolutely need every single day. He's here now, but we also eagerly anticipate Christ's return. Jesus Christ came that first Christmas, God in the flesh. He became one of us. He pitched His tent among us. And after He rose from the dead, Jesus went to heaven and sent His Spirit to be with us always. But He has made clear that while He is here now, sustaining and strengthening us every day, He will one day return physically. He has promised this, and we wait with anticipation. This is our present anticipation. He came the first time as a helpless baby in a manger. He will return one day as a conquering king. All that was proclaimed and celebrated by the angels in the Christmas story that I read earlier, all that was proclaimed by the wise men when they visited. When he comes, Jesus will destroy all of the evil that is at work in this world, all of the evil that troubles us, that, that plagues us and leaves us with, with both misery and doubt. It will be thrown down and replaced by a new and glorious creation. And it will be perfect, as God lovingly made it to be. And so for all in the family of God, for all who believe in Jesus, this will be glorious. There will be no more suffering or sickness. There will be no more depression or disability or death. There will be no more hurt and no more loneliness and no more brokenness. Just perfect wholeness and the eternal presence of our loving Heavenly Father. As we prepare to depart and continue our celebration of the coming of the baby in the manger, we do so with hearts full of anticipation because God came at Christmas. He is here now and He will return.